darling. You see, people collect all kinds of things. It doesn't matter what. I simply must know why. This is the Mothball Prophecies. Hello and welcome to Mothball Miscellanea. I'm your host, Samantha Mashburn, joyfully joined by... Melissa Watson. Hello. Hello. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, first of all, for agreeing to this harebrained idea. Oh, yeah. Here I am. I'm here. Of adding uh, more of my proverbial ADHD brain itch to the mothball prophecies. Some hyper focus. Yeah. It was actually a suggestion that came across the old Instagram. Mm-hmm. Somebody said, you know, I'd love to hear more about, uh, they specifically said American made like appliances that are now vintage and collectible. And I thought about it for a little bit and I talked to you about it and I was like, this would be actually a really fun segment to add in. Yeah. Of doing just these little deep dives into miscellaneous vintage. I love it. And we today are sitting down to talk about something that is the cornerstone of the cornerstone? Cornerstone. Cornerstone. (laughs) (laughs) Of American manufacturing, which is the one and only Sunbeam. And it has been around since the 1920s. And it is, so Sunbeam Corporation was not the name it started out with. And it is a Chicago native. Really? Yes. That is where the company was formed and started and resigned until the 1980s. Previous, like 70s, 60s, 70s, they started to move to other places in the world and the country, and that's where shit started to go downhill. Oh, okay. But let's start off with the beginning of Sunbeam. And when I read the name of the original company, I couldn't help but giggle. Okay. Because the original name of the company is the uh, Chicago Flexible Shaft Company. Oh, I didn't realize Chicago had one of those. Uh, it's flexible. It's made made to bend where you need it. You know, you never know. It The company's origins trace its way all the way back to the industrialist John K. Stewart. And he um, was part of the Stewart Warner Corporation, and they were known best for their speedometers. Really? Yes. And the Chicago Flexible Shaft Company, they were the leading producer of, you guessed it, folks, sheep shearers. So how are they? I, and like- horse clipping machines. Where does the flexible shaft come into this? The only thing I could think of is because I own a lot of vintage hairdressing stuff and clippers, Uh there was, this is purely speculation. We could Google this. There's the cord that comes off the clipper and there was that wire that was wrapped around it. Maybe it's that, or maybe the whole shaft was bendy. (laughs) It was a time of great innovation in the Americas and uh, bendy shafts were it, babe. I am just confused by Can their you name. Google Bendy Shaft. Ben- what was a Bendy Shaft? I don't think Maybe I should don't. Google that. Put your private tab on. <laughs> Put your private tab on. Incognito mode. <laughs> <laughs> so as strange as that like lineage might seem, um, Sunbeam grew directly out of the flexible shaft business. I can't keep. <laughs> we're three minutes into this. I can't keep making flexible shaft jokes for the first one. And they operated for two decades as an offshoot product line focused on electrical appliances for the home. 
So John Stewart owned the Flexible Shaft Company, and he sold that in 1908. And two years later, it was while under the ownership of a British-based firm, William Copper and Nephews, the company introduced the first consumer home appliance, which was called the Princess Iron. And in 1920, they, reduced, they produced another electric iron, became the first to bear the Sunbeam name. So, which was interesting, before we got to these whole um, electric irons, there was an interesting iron name. Okay. The Princess Iron at its time was such an innovation because before that, there was a thing called a sad iron, which I'm sure everybody has seen. Mm-hmm. They're solid cast iron irons that you would put in a fire and the whole thing would get hot. Right. But they weren't called Zad because that sucked. Sad <laughs> had a different meaning in the 20s that's now obsolete, meaning boring and obsolete, I think. Is that what it was? I think it was heavy and solid that's is it. what you were telling yes. me earlier. And then, the, yeah, the, the obsolete part comes from where they said sad was obsolete, which is very much not. <laughs> but yeah, so it was heavy and solid. And they would they said that uh, they bride. This that's, is old-timey stuff. Oh, okay. Uh, a bride was lucky if she had two because she could keep one in the fire while she was using the one other one to iron and would could switch them out. Wow. So let's get into the very beginnings of the Sunbeam Corporation because... Melissa, tell us why it did not bear the name Sunbeam until 1946. Where did they come up with this name? Edwin G. Gallagher won a contest to rename the company with his entry of Sunbeam. He won $1,000, which was quite a bit of money at the time. That's a lot of money. I know. Well, it's quite a bit of money now. Mm -hmm. I'd welcome $1,000 anytime. (laughs) Yeah, and he named it, and they didn't use the name until 1946. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so they were like, here's the name. And then he was like, oh, cool. Yeah. Thanks a lot for I w- that. I wonder, like, just the the executives couldn't, like, think of a name. They were like, hey, let's ask the public. I mean, it's still happening now. Like, it's happening on TikTok. Oh, I guess that's like, true. Like, companies will be like, how would you describe this product? Show us your best video. <laughs> and then there's the other side of TikTok that's like, don't give them that information yeah. for free. They're using you <laughs> as a cog in the wheel. Um, so the beginning of the Sunbeam Company Corporation, they entered the electric flat iron market. Now, this is not the flat iron we now use. Okay. It's, this is it's like an iron iron. Clothing iron. And um, it was advertised as the Sunbeam, the quality hand iron. It was shiny, it was brand new, and it was understood by its makers to represent a potential change in the business, taking them beyond equestrian cosmetology. I don't I don't know what that means. It means a oh. horse hairdresser <laughs> and carriage heaters into America's increasingly leisure-minded domestic life. Now, mind you, this is in the early 1920s. Right. So we have not experienced the Depression. We're just doing getting over the Spanish flu. And now, you know, this is where that American ingenuity is really starting right. to come into play. Yeah. Women don't want to be spending all day ironing their husband's shirts. <sighs> No. Not no mo. Not at all. And as a matter of fact, here is an excerpt from an article in a 1929 newspaper ad. The sunbeam sets a new and higher standard in electric irons. The choice of women who take pride in having the best household equipment, superior in quality, beauty of design, and richness of finish. Made by master workmen whose years of experience guarantee a product of unusual worth. Stays out of the repair shop 
Built for service and lots of it. Wow, price $7.10. In 1922, that was like... That's quite a bit. Yeah, that was a pretty expensive appliance. Well, and they... So we start to get into all of this innovation. And like after going over this, which all of this information is coming from the madeinchicagomuseum.com, which is where they actually have a Sunbeam exhibit. Oh, cool. There. And during this time, you're really starting to see industrialization turn into function, right? It's not just happening in factories. It's starting to happen at homes. And another invention of Sunbeam was the Rain King brand of lawn sprinklers. I had no idea that that was Sunbeam. Mm-mm. Because like, you still see Rain Kings. Yeah. And it's like my mother, that is the only, she will only use a rainbird, like lives and die yeah. by a rainbird. Yeah. And I, my vivid memories of summertime is my mom outside, cigarette in hand, knelt down, fucking with the goddamn sprinkler <laughs> forever to get it set. And I, okay, I get it. So in 1922, the Rain King was introduced based on designs by an inventor, Phineas E. Roach. Oh, what and, a name. Uh, before that, he specialized in dental appliances. I love that. So I don't know where he really struck his stride, but I mean. So the Rain King was more dynamic take on the standard fountain sprinkler. It was constructed so it could be readily adjusted to meet peculiar watering requirements of any portion of lawn, parkway, flower bed, or the like. So it had, it had these two arms that kind of came up. Mm-hmm. It looks very simple now to like common sprinklers, right? And there was all sorts of dials on the top and on the nozzles that you would turn to change the pattern. So you do like two clicks to make a circle, one click to make a straight line. Mm -hmm. And you could adjust them both like independently. Wow. Which was a big deal for the time. Which I also, I guess I didn't expect hoses and like houses in the 20s to have hoses. Like that seems... Yeah, you don't think about that. Like a pretty... Probably lined with lead or something. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. I mean, it makes a lot of sense now. But the one thing that Sunbeam did that propelled them to popularity was they spammed the fuck out of the average American's mailbox. Really? Yes. They sent so much advertising out and salesmen that they could, because they decided it could make or break this new product. McCardle, who was the president of the company, brought in marketing guru C.R. Sweeney, formerly of D.B. Fisk, hat company. He devised this unique strategy for getting ranking nationwide. And this was revealed in a 1923 article, Sales Management, called When You Want Distribution in a Hurry. He inundated would-be jobbers, which is what salesmen were called, with personalized, often humorous, direct mail pieces in such volume that this year that they sent out these in 1923, the Chicago Flexible Shaft sent out more promo material in one year than they normally would in five. Wow. And he even went on the road with some of his salesmen for several weeks to get a sense of what they wanted to hear. And he just was basically like, well, we just have to keep pushing this. We have to start competing. We have to get the attention. We have to deliberately refrain from telling too much about the sprinkler, which seems bad. Yeah. And all he wanted to do was have the jobber salesman say to themselves, well, if this fellow at the Chicago Flex Shaft Company <laughs> is a pretty good scout, maybe these Rain King sprinklers are worth pushing. And then they show a comic depicting a salesman in 1922 walking. And it's a pro- progression of the day. It goes from nine to noon to five. And his sprinkler or his 
uh, suitcase progressively gets larger throughout the day. Wow. So by the end of the day, all he's thinking and dreaming about is Rain King sprinklers. And they called the Rain King sprinklers the sprinkler with brains. But the uh, research and development team, the people that invented the Rain King sprinkler, never considered their finished work. They never considered it finished. They were always just constantly trying to improve. Yeah. They also never considered any Sunbeam appliances at the time to be finished. They were constantly being built upon. They, they were never like fully satisfied with them. I think that's awesome. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So during this time, they start to move forward, right? And they're starting to bring in more and more people from all over the world. Mm -hmm. And they bring in somebody who affectionately becomes known as Mr. Sunbeam. And he is, this made me very happy, ding, 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 Ivar Jepsen, a Swedish immigrant engineer to the Americas. Very nice. Another great name. Really great name. And it's, it could be spelled J-E-P-P-S-O-N or J-E-P-S-O-N. They are uncertain. Uh-huh. But he was one of four children, and he was the only boy born to Swedish farmers and had always thought that he was going to have a career in agriculture and things of the like. But from a very young age, he was always tinkering with things, trying to figure out how things were working. And then he, was, he became enamored with the inventions of his time. He's starting to see really the greatest progression of human brain mm-hmm. that they had ever seen. So he was 24 years old when he started working for Sunbeam. And by the age of 29, he was the lead engineer. Oh, wow. Of the company. And by the end of his career, so he retired in like 1962 and died a couple of years later, but he had 600 patents to his name over the course of like a decade or something. Wow. And he is um, one of the lead contributors to what we all know and love, the Mixmaster. We do love a mix master. Mm-hmm. And I loved this quote. This is from Arvar Jepsen in 1958. An idea is abstract or wild as long as it does not work and is practical after it has been made to work. I like that. A lot of people said that Crocs could never be fashionable. <laughs> and here we are. Here we are. The earliest patent we could find on record for Jepson came four years later in the form of an ARC health lamp, which I have no idea what that is. I tried to Google it. There's nothing came up. Um, this must have left a positive impression on the company because McCardle soon had Jepson taking the lead on some of Chicago Flexible Shaft's biggest projects. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he went on to invent new types of animal clippers, sad irons, electric scissors, can openers, toasters, pizza cutters, novelty cigarette lighters, and of particular note in 1932, a reconceptualized electric mixer that would improve upon the original Sunbeam Mixmaster. Wow. Um, I found the arc lamp. Oh, what is it? It's uh, quack. So the arc lamp was a device for producing light, duh, by Uh maintaining an electric arc across a gap between two conductors. Okay. And it was proposed as a medical carbon arc lamp used to treat skin conditions. You know, I think that those are still in use. I think so. 
today. But that was that was what he was originally like. Hey, this fellow's onto something. Yeah, you were saying. Um, so Jepson wrote in the patent um, that the mixer is to form among the various objects of the inv- of the invention are to form the mixer in two units. A pedal stool unit arranged to support the mixing bowl and a mixer unit consisting of a horizontally disposed motor and depending beaters. So, yeah, the basic, you know, countertop mixer that we know and love today, Mm -hmm. he came up with that design. Yeah. And the interesting thing about Sunbeam mixers is not only do the beaters move, the bowls move. Oh, yeah. On the base, there is a plastic disc that interlocks into the base. And that lip that's on the bottom, Uh that's what that little thing pushes against to move it. And then it also helps scrape the sides. Yeah. Which Baker Betty uses a Sunbeam mixer in all of her, like, social media stuff when she makes stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. they There's, like, half a dozen different colors, and I really want a pink one now. They're so cute. They're beautiful. They're so cute. And... Also at this time, so the mixer was important because it incorporated a lot of different things into one kitchen item. Mm-hmm. So um, th- so since it was made by our lovely Ivar Jepsen, alongside Bernard Alton Graham, it introduced in 1930. It was just a mixer, but it also was. It included a juice extractor, drink mixer, meat grinder, food chopper, and slicer, sh- slicer <laughs> shredder. Other accessories included dough hooks, a blender, which I did not know, meat mincer, fine and coarse graters, and it came with two bowl sizes. And the bowls rotated, sitting atop a free-running turntable being driven by the edge beater via a plastic cupped washer. You know, there's something about buying a main appliance and then you get to collect the accessories. Yeah. It's such a brilliant marketing technique. Like I can't, I have a, I have a KitchenAid and I can't stop. Like I have the meat Buying grinder. The I ha- yeah. I love it. Oh, the no. pasta maker. Now that I, I know, love I'm, it. I'm borrowing them. Okay. I'm borrowing them. All right. Cause that's my thing. Like I had a vintage KitchenAid that I was redoing and then my child inadvertently destroyed it. But always he stuck a beater or a rubber spatula into the beater while it was mixing. Oh my God. Just destroyed it. <laughs> But I I have never been one to really collect kitchen appliances. Yeah. But since starting the show, I have now have two Sunbeam juicers. Well, three, because I have another one that's a like it's a it's huge and it's I only got it because it glows. But oh. now I like look at them with like much more appreciation. Yeah. For this mixer. I have to read this quote from Jepson's daughter. Uh, it says, he was always tinkering. Everything was an idea. As long as you could plug it in and move its parts, it was something he was interested in. It could be scary as hell. You would get all these incredible shocks. I grew up with things like electric blankets that gave you a buzz if you sat on them. You would turn something in the frying pan and get a little buzz. There was an electric hair straightener. No one in our family would get near that one. Can you imagine? Like, I, it's like this, like dad's like a mad scientist. Yeah. There's a couple of different instances where they're speaking about how Ivar Jepsen didn't really like to go to trade shows because he, they were like, well, you got to go see what, you know, everybody's coming up with. He goes, if you tell me about it, I'll be able to imagine what it does. I like don't need he, to go. Like literally no fucks. He was just like, I'll just, I'll take it for what it is. If somebody tells me it does this and it does it. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. And they talk about, too, his daughter talks about they were his guinea pigs at home, which I love that he was just like, here, kids, deal with this. But 
Um, yeah, he says, I can sit here and think about it. And this is where that, like that attitude was justified because then he started to create him and his team, really the aesthetic that we see in the thirties, forties and fifties for home appliances and things that were being used every day. Some of the stuff to list that are some of his most notable ones, which we have a fun fact about the toaster. So there's one that's the Sunbeam Coffee Master, and it is the C20. This was made in 1938, and it looks like out of this world. It's a double bubbler percolating coffee pot with these two round bulbous pots that sit directly on yeah. top of each other. And it was electric. It plugged in. There's also the Sunbeam Shave Master that came out. That was that was compact and it fit in a little carrying case. And the blades, you know, this is we've all seen the old shavers right in our grandparents' yeah. bathroom. But the toaster. Tell me about the toaster. So the toaster that Sunbeam came out with, Ivar Jepson, was the automatic toaster T9. And while looking at the picture of this toaster, I went, he looks familiar. <laughs> and so I Googled. Another very familiar toaster, which is the Brave Little Toaster, mm -hmm. which is the story of five rogue household appliances that are trying to find their owner. Yep. And the toaster is based on none other than this very Sunbeam toaster. Oh. And it, it's basically like a little half round toaster. It's, it's your basic toaster shape, but more of a half circle rather than a rectangle. Yeah. It's very cute. Very cute. Very Art Deco inspired. Yes. Love. And this is where this progression for Sunbeam keeps happening, right? We keep growing. By the time Ivar Jepsen was very young, he had the 600 patents to his name and actively working on patents until he left Sunbeam in the 60s. But like the show, has, have we have learned about wartime manufacturing. And during World War II, Sunbeam wasn't really affected by the Depression. They kept growing and innovating and making things that were needed as things happened during that time where you still need things to live, right, comfortably. But during the war, um, there was a new president. His name was Horace Wright. Under his watch, the Chicago Flexible Shaft Company became the world's largest manufacturer of small electrical appliances. Now, mind you, at this time, it was not called Sunbeam yet. It was still, they were using the name, but they were not fully incorporated as that name. Oh, okay. So during the war, those appliances had to be shelved, right? They couldn't make those because of shortages of things. Right. And he helped convert the Roosevelt Road complex into a defense plant. And they made shot fuses, shells, gun-loading mechanisms, and precision instruments for airplanes. Another interesting thing about Horace was he was a devoted, like, sheep shearer salesman and was working in that department. Yeah. And they sent him to Australia for 10 years, and he worked there developing Sunbeam in Australia and sheep shearing capabilities. Wow. And then he came home, and his knowledge in the sheep shearing world also helped turn the machines in the same factories to manufacture uniforms and blankets during World War II. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And they accepted the Army-Navy-E award outside of the factory, which was for excellence in production at the time. So this is a brief overview of the Sunbeam story, right? But let's talk about a couple of the other notable Sunbeam appliances that we all know and love today. Mm -hmm. Of course, we have the Mixmaster, right? Yeah. Can you... And with that, we have found an original pamphlet of advertising of the Sunbeam Company. And so we're just going to read you a couple of these 
original advertisements. So this is for the Sunbeam Coffee Master. Coffee Master coffee is always delicious because everything is automatic. The secret of delicious coffee making is the correct water temperature, agitation, and brewing time. In the Sunbeam Coffee Master, the water is always at the same high heat automatically. Brewing time is always the same automatically. (laughs) Coffee is kept piping hot after it's made automatically. (laughs) You get all the requirements for perfect coffee in Sunbeam Coffee Master every time. Automatically. Automatically. And there is no dilution. That's in all caps. (laughs) There is no dilution. Whether you make one copy, what? what, (laughs) (laughs) I did the same thing. (laughs) Great, keep that or cut that. Whether you make one cup to eight, you always get the same perfect cup. That's because all the water rises. The only vacuum type coffee maker with this great advantage. Whoa. Wow. Wow. And then it's instructions, right? Yeah. All you do is put in the water and coffee. Set it, forget it. Who's getting sued for that? Who used it first? Mm, Who used it first? I would almost guarantee some babe did. Yeah. And then that little bit after the set it, forget it. Read the paper, dress the children. In a few minutes, click. It shuts itself off when the coffee is done. Resets itself to keep the coffee hot. And then loveliest of servers and no glass bowls to break. Wow. Coming for Pyrex's throat. Throat. E.D. All right. This next one is about the Sunbeam Automatic Toaster. Perfect toast every time. Automatically. Make your choice of of a toaster, Sunbeam. It is your assurance of the same dependable service in an automatic toaster that millions upon millions of women are getting from their Sunbeam Mix Masters, Coffee Masters, Iron Masters, and other Sunbeam appliances. Delicious, crunchy, tender toast. The same even. The same even, uniform color every time. Sunbeam double, wow, this name, Sunbeam double thermostatic control gives you perfect timing every time. Whether it's the first slice or last, set it for the kind you like and you get the kind continuously. Toast pops up when just right. And then it has a depiction of the side and then the crumb tray. It says, any shade desired. Set this indicator to the shade of toast desired, anywhere from light to dark. Hinged crumb tray for easy cleaning enables the user to clean the crumbs from the sunbeam in a jiffy. Wow. In a jiffy. In a jiffy. All right. Should I read a little about the waffle baker? Please. All right. Enlighten me. This is the sunbeam waffle baker. Makes four delicious, good-sized waffles at a time. (laughs) Automatically. Automatically. Four golden, crispy, tender waffles, all in one baking. No waiting between waffles. No embarrassment over who's going to be next. (laughs) Mom, I'm so embarrassed I didn't get my waffle after Jimmy. (laughs) You get four waffles at a time. Four perfect, generous-sized waffles, piping hot, ready to serve quickly and easily. Each section of the Sunbeam's famous four-section waffle has 20 square inches, more than one-half the size of an ordinary round waffle, and the ideal appetizing size for a single serving. Oh. This would not work in modern marketing. No. People don't have this kind of attention span. No. No, they'd just be like, oh, cool. Yeah. I don't care how big the waffle is. Just make it for me. Also, that graphic looks like they're having a waffle seance. (laughs) 
The waffle iron is in the middle of the table and they're passing plates of waffle. Also, I don't know about you, but if I'm going to make four waffles, I'm going to eat four waffles. Right. Those are tiny waffles. Those I'm going to eat all of them. I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to. All right. Let me finish this advertisement. <laughs> uh, fully automatic too. Red indicator light tells when it's time to put in batter and when the waffle is done. Has exclusive new type overflow rim built right into the lower grid that prevents batter from running over the sides, even though you put in more batter than required. <laughs> you dumb shit. <laughs> <laughs> you can set it for light, medium, or dark waffles. Oh, like the toaster. Well, just like the toaster. Don't get it twisted. I still have it. I have a Sunbeam waffle maker and griddle. You do? Yeah, not old. Newbie, oh. new 5,000. Oh, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> the last one we want to read about is the Sunbeam Shave Master. Oh, okay. I'm going to skip the iron. All right. We'll but, come back to the iron. All right. We'll, we'll talk, save him for last. Right, okay. This is for the Shave Master. Okay. This is at the top of the advertisement. Now that you are enjoying a Sunbeam Mix Master, give him this same kind of satisfaction in an electric shaver. Also, what she could use it too. Let's not. Yeah. For him. Only the finest. Sunbeam Shave Master. What gift could please him more than this fast, new, easy way to get a clean, close, comfort shave each morning? Sunbeam Shave Master is different from all other electric shavers. It shaves quicker and closer because it, was, because it has a bigger, single head, that's in all caps, single head, that picks up whiskers faster. Whiskers can't escape the hundreds of holes that screen its large, continuous shaving surface. Shavemaster also has the single, lightning-fast, oscillating cutter and the powerful, self-starting armature-type mo- Is that armature? I think so. Armature-type motor. Better than anything we can say about Shavemaster. Ask the man who has tried them all. I'm also going to trust them on shavers since they spend so much time making equestrian cosmetology. Yeah, that's true. Give it to him. I'm going to be an equestrian com- cosmetologist. I love this for you. All right. So the Sunbeam Iron Master. I feel like this is an important advertisement to get to because the illustration is of a, a, presumably a woman mm-hmm. holding this electric iron. And it says hot in 30 seconds. And one one hand is holding the iron. Mm-hmm. The other hand is touching the bottom of the hot iron. To test it. To test it, but like full on, full finger pad mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. the hot iron. Not a quick. S- nope. Uh, full. I hate my life. Yeah. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just it seems very uh, masochistic. She hates housework. I, hate <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> Until you've used Sunbeam Iron Master, you have no idea how much faster and easier ironing can be. No waiting for it to heat up. It's ready to go in a split minute. Always delivers the correct, steady heat for whatever fabric you're ironing. That's why you finish quicker, feeling fresher with a Sunbeam. Sunbeam has the thumb tip heat control dial up in the handle where it is always cool and convenient, easy to see, easy to set. Mm-hmm. A finger touch sets it up, sets it for the correct, safe heat you want. Sunbeam has the quick, steady heat made possible by the double automatic heat control, an exclusive Sunbeam invention. Heats faster, never overheats, reaches safe, low heat for rayons in 30 seconds, high heat for heavy, damp linens in two and a half minutes. Mm. And the two little graphics on the side, one is a younger woman and one is an older woman. 
the younger woman, it says, will not scorch your finest lingerie. <laughs> Good to know. And the older woman is quick, steady heat for heavy, damp linens. Because I, f- I feel like that's a that's a jab. Only young women are sexy and old women are heavy, damp linens. <laughs> heavy, damp linens. <laughs> Always and forever. Um, I am absolutely fascinated by just their scope of production for that time. I mean, quite literally making billions and billions of dollars. Yeah. And it's made me like rethink about the stuff that I see day to day and what its history is. Yeah. It was very, uh, it was a lot more than I was expecting for this company. It's very interesting. The Chicago Flexible Shaft Company. Very interesting. Yeah. Switched to Sunbeam in the 40s, and then they uh, were acquired by a different company who merged Sunbeam and Oster together. So nowadays, you can still find Sunbeam products, but they are most definitely not made in America. Yeah. And most definitely not held by the original Sunbeam Chicago Shaft Company. Yeah. That was all we had today for this episode of the Mothball Miscellaneous. Thank you for joining us and remember like Ivar Jepsen do not be afraid to use your children as guinea pigs and don't forget to set your toaster to light or dark automatically